0: Welcome to a longer table podcast, a space for real and sometimes hard conversations that will often challenge your perspective and always empower you to pull up more seats around your own table. I'm your host, Amanda Carpenter. Let's dive in. here at A Longer Table, that is exactly what we're all about, building a longer table. And so I am really pumped today to introduce you guys to an organization that um, not only do I love what they stand for, but I have direct personal experience of working with um, as a foster parent. So we are sitting here at the table with Hope and Abby. Uh, Hope is the founder of Families Together, which we're going to talk about today. Um, So whether you're a foster parent or not, this episode is for you. In fact, if you're not a foster parent, I want you to uh, stay with us because I actually think there's going to be some really sweet nuggets in here for you specifically. So welcome to the table. Hope, I am so excited you're here. Thank you. Love it. So happy to be here. And um, you're out in Colorado. I'm in Colorado Springs. Yes. Yes. But this organization that we're going to talk about, and I'm going to let you get into the details of it, so I won't give too much away, but it is nationwide, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. Cool. So we no have- matter... No matter have- where you're listening from, this is for you.
1: Yes, it is. We have people all over the country um, doing our program and um, specifically we're in Colorado, but we also have a lot of representation California, in California, and the Midwest, on the East Coast. So yeah, we'll talk all about it.
0: I love it. Well, why don't you start, Hope, by just telling us a little bit about yourself and what you know have been the pivotal moments in your life that have all led to this, what you do yeah. today?
1: Thank you. I love that question. Um, it's so true that like the things that happen in our childhood often are what, uh, pull us into what we do as adults. And I always like to tell people that I actually had a very wonderful, lovely childhood. Um, oftentimes I'm like the person with the least childhood trauma in the room. And I want to make use of that. If that makes sense, I want to say like, Hey, my parents, um, every night I got hugged, I got fed, I got told I was safe. And that gave me all kinds of security to, um, I think do what my part to help bring that kind of childhood and that kind of healing to the world as much as possible. Um, I skipping ahead from childhood, I married my, um, kind of high school, homeschool, high school sweetheart. I found him on Facebook when I was 16 and like (laughs) truly the day I saw his picture, I was like, this is it. This is happening. Um, his name is Kyle and we got married after four years of dating and just kind of had this like joy for like taking on the world and, um, doing great things together. And so, um, we had a baby Max who, um, was born about a year and a half after we were married. And then, um, honestly, as soon as he was born, I was sitting in the hospital room, like looking over our city of Colorado Springs, um, and just like struck by how much this little guy was depending on me and depending on, um, the eye contact and the holding and the, um, uh, predictability of somebody's going to come and fill my belly with milk and give me a kiss every day. And I knew how much his brain and his, just his future would depend on that. And so I was looking over the city thinking, it's just not right that I know there are kids in like the houses I can see from this hospital room who don't have that. Um, and so really it was having a baby that made me think I want to be a foster mom. I want to, if there's a baby out there who needs something, I want to give it. We have love to give. We have time to give. Let's do it. Um, and so my husband and I became foster parents. Um, it was a little, uh, a little scary, but we kind of did it, um, very naive and very, um, you know, ready to jump in with two feet. And, um, what happened is we got placed with two little girls and, um, it wasn't a safe situation for our son. And so we were like that classic foster parent who's like, Oh, I'm going to like save the world and love these children to health. And then seven weeks later, we're saying, uh, we need to give 30 day notice and we need the County to take these kids somewhere else. And it was just like shattering
0: because yeah, it's the worst feeling.
1: Yeah. And it's so humiliating, not even humbling. It's humiliating. Yep. Um, And so we quickly realized that um, people needed better education about fostering. They needed more honesty about like what, that's what you do so well, Amanda. Um, like here's the, the real nuts and bolts of how, how this happens and here's what you need to be prepared for. But also we realized people needed um, community around them. They needed someone to say, I will sit with your kid while you take the other kids to therapy. I will sit, I will bring you dinner so that you don't have to worry about that during everybody going crazy um, at 5 PM. Um, And so we, because we just kind of had that in our heart to like, okay, how do we do this in the world? Like make it bigger than just us. Um, We started thinking, okay, how do we make this into a program? And um, what we ended up Thinking we were starting with just um, a sort of public relations for foster care to say, hey, you need to know about trauma before you go in. You need to know about not to um, stereotype and not to believe the myths about foster care. And um, we, wanted, we wanted just to get the average person to care about fostering. And what happened was we started telling those stories. We started telling our story and people started saying, okay, I want something to do. Give me something to do. So we said, well, you could become a foster parent. You could become a CASA, but people wanted something smaller and simpler and, um, where they could take a baby step. And so that is why, um, we have the, um, the foster, it was called the foster neighbors program. Now it's called the neighbors program at families together. And, um, We've matched 200 people who want to just be a volunteer who gets matched with one family. It's something like what Manda has with her volunteer who's also named Hope, incidentally. Not me, someone else. And <laughs> um and so what we love to do is just match fake people. And we'll talk about that more in a second, but um, you asked about pivotal moments in my life. And so Kyle and I are going along. We're, um, making this program. I was mostly running it. He was trying to get his business where he could stay home with the kids so I could run this full time. He went on a trip to Africa and was killed in a helicopter crash.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, obviously completely unexpected and, um, just, you know, not what I was planning for my life, not planning to be a single mom. I was pregnant at the time, barely, um, thank God our little girl is Mercy and she's um just started walking yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um so so I kind of had to step back and say, am I is this what I'm gonna be, keep doing? Keep pouring my time into um, you know, being the sole breadwinner now. And um that's part of where Abby comes in and she'll talk about that in a minute. But um I I was able to continue doing this work because my family moved in. They moved from California to be with me in Colorado. I currently have four generations, seven people under my roof. Um, I have probably the most um, involved church community I've ever met. I don't think we made nails for three months after he died. Um, and I, that is the kind of like safety net that I think every family needs And that's why we have this program. That's why it's, that's literally why it's continued. It's because I have had a village to help me build a village for other people. Um, because otherwise I think it would have fallen apart. And so it's just very instructive to me that from like the first pivotal moments of my life of knowing I was loved and safe safe as a kid, those people still showed up for me 30 years later. And that's why this program exists
0: yeah wow. thank you so much for sharing all of that and and while I knew just about everything you just shared, you know, there's so many people that will will stumble upon families together, they'll get involved, but yet they don't know the full picture or the backstory. And I know you didn't even get into the weeds on it all, but it's it's beautiful to hear um, really from you, the founder yourself, what started this, what God has done in your life since um, the tragic loss of your husband, which I'm so sorry, but also how beautiful your village and your community has surrounded you and supported you and and how that has fueled you to not only not give this dream up and like keep this work going, but it seems to have like completely just pushed it forward all the more, which is so great. So Abby, I want to ask you, um, how you met hope, how you got involved in this and, and what exactly your role is.
2: Yeah. So I actually met hope through Kyle. Um, I always joke that the Kyle and hope they're the ones who brought us to Colorado, which is a different story for another day. Um, but Kyle was a good friend of mine, um, close mentor. Um, I worked with him really closely, Um, and as obviously as my friendship with Kyle grew, our friendship with our spouses grew as well. Um, and so, uh, just became friends with hope organically through that. Um, but I also came into their lives right when she was launching families together at the time was foster together. Um, and so I watched them walk through their, um, last placement that they did and then, um, launched foster together and hope to grow it. Um and Kyle. And, um, and so, you know, when Kyle passed, um, there was a lot of changes that was happening in my life personally, um, because of that and because of other things. And, um, and so, you know, Hope and I really came together at that point in time, um, professionally. And that's when I started working with uh at the time foster together, but now families together. Um and my role has really grown um within the organization. It's been a 100 different things, Uh, but at this point, we've really landed on um, me uh, kind of overseeing our do-it-yourself program, which we'll get into, um, and any of our out-of-state contracts. So if anybody outside of Colorado wants to, um, any agency wants to uh, have this type of community where they are, um, just helping to build that and um, nurture that
0: yeah, I love it. I love it. and it's cool because you get to be so deeply involved in this work of partnering with children and families in need without currently having any additional children in your home. Um, so it's just cool to see you getting to live that out. And I know you have a social work background and there's so much more you're you're very humble and you're not sharing you know the extent of what you offer, but I'm sure hope can speak to that for you. Would one of you want to explain why the change of name you used to you started off as foster together. Now you are families together.
1: Yes um we originally started obviously really focusing on foster um foster care and um as people came to us especially other foster parents who like myself have a real um and I know you too Amanda have a real just like a, it's like a justice drive or something for biological families to, um, not be unnecessarily separated by the child welfare system. Um, people, other foster parents said, Hey, my, my kids reunifying with their mom, can you give them a foster neighbor too? And so I would, of course, yes, we would do that. Um, we just started experimenting with it slowly in a couple of years ago. And, um, we found that those parents, when they would see our website, would think, oh, this is not for me, or even worse, they might think, oh, this is, uh, gonna, like, put some spies in my home, and I don't want anything to do with foster care, or we also have a good contingent of, um, unlicensed kinship families in our, um, in our community, especially, um, up, North of Denver and they feel like they don't want to get involved with anything foster related. So we just wanted to be like, this is inclusive. This is for you. You are welcome here. And so, um, it's about families together and it's the, that's kind of a cool double meaning because it's about keeping families together and it's about family to family support and service. And I know that's something that Abby with her background in probation and, um, so being a social worker in that context, back in Indiana, she just really saw that families didn't um, have that kind of support and and kids didn't have somebody that would um, show up consistently. And so we wanted to just model that if it's, it's normal in my circles, when you have a baby, when you have a uh, death, a cancer, something like that, people show up with meals, someone does a meal train. It's not, that's not normal in all circles of society. And so it's one thing we thought we could offer.
0: Yeah and and I love that so much and when I've told people about families together and again my involvement as a foster family who currently receives support from a foster neighbor or now called our neighbor, um, which again, we're just shifting the language for those of you listening because this has been a recent um, shift for the organization. But but that's one of the things that I highlight is that you guys aren't just supporting foster parents and people who are doing this work. Because to be honest, most foster parents, while we need above and beyond support in the village, like you just described earlier, Hope, um, we still tend to have a lot more than a lot of these biological parents who are trying to make ends meet, are trying to get their kids back and and eventually if and when they do get their kids back, you know, need that same level of support if not more for that transition. And so I love that you guys are focused on that including them and inc- and being inclusive in that because yeah, I think it's sad when I see a family who I'm just sharing from my heart and my real life experience right now, something that's very tender and weighing on me. It's sad when I feel like people are constantly like, how can I help you? Or like, can I come babysit Bear and Skittles? Or can I drop off a meal? I mean, I love that. That, that doesn't make me sad. What makes me sad is that if I say like, oh, they're going to be transitioning and um, this is how you can continue to support, it seems to die off. Um, whether they're transitioning to back to biological parents or family relatives or a different foster home, because that's just how the journey is for a lot of these kids. They need the continual outpouring of support. I, I plan to stay in their life and continue supporting them. And, and truly like, you just said there is a lot of different aspects of communities that are lacking that. And so, for you to bridge that gap is really beautiful. So, I'm super excited to talk more about Families Together because I think, again, whether you're a foster parent or not listening to this, it is something you want to have on your radar. Um, so, let's talk about it. Uh, would one of you want to share exactly what Families Together is, why it exists, and what the mission is? Again, we've kind of touched on these things, but let's break it down simply.
1: So, I love, um, I just want to add to what you just said. What I was describing about what happened in my life after Kyle died is social capital, and I know a lot of your listeners care about that um, because they are the kind of people who like want to take their activism off social media and like, where do we really address these social problems? Um, and and the social problems are so much stickier and messier than they look when it's like, oh well, if we just, you know, um, solve something through a nonprofit or, um, you know post this or go to this protest, it's actually, I would say the hardest part of, of uh being a foster mom has been supporting reunification because there's a different kind of uh social norm, there's a different kind of parenting style, there's different expectations. And um it's it's so much humility for me to like zip my lip and be like, I am so glad their tummy's full. And I'm so glad they're with you. And so what we're trying to do is encourage people like that hard work feels very I don't know if this is a word, but inglorious a lot of days, um, very gritty. And it's getting out of our social circle because we tend to I mean, your, your t- podcast title exactly talks about, um, we tend to have a small, short little table because it's comfortable. Um, a longer table sounds beautiful on Instagram, but it's actually very uncomfortable and messy. And so it's so messy. Yeah. And we want volunteers involved in the foster care system who are okay with that. And they'll stick around even if like they don't feel as much gratitude as they might want to, or something like that. So, um, to answer your question, um, the real, um, nuts and bolts of it is, um, actually, we actually have two programs. Our, our most popular one is the neighbors program, but a lot of what we do is also under our changing the story program. And that's about exactly what I just talked about. Like let's push the real narrative of what needs to change in the foster care system. And by doing that, we actually attract volunteers who are down with it. And that's like so exciting to us. Um, So we match volunteers and families one-to-one. We are looking to spark long-term relationships um, that in my dreams these families are 20 years down the road Um, right now. There's the longest standing match we have is like two and a half, three years. Um, But 20 years down the road, they're um, getting together for family reunions. And um, we've got, we've got one beautiful story recently that I actually just talked to this neighbor on Christmas Eve. And he was like, I just dropped off gifts for my family that I matched with. They're homeless and the homeless shelters rented out the hotels in Denver during um, the pandemic and it's a older relative raising a younger child. It's a kinship situation. Um, he's like, this younger kid is not going to thrive in a hotel with his older relative. Can I raise them enough rent to get them a house for two years? Like those are the kinds of social capital that are being built out of these relationships. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that's what we do. We, we match one-to-one and we really are looking to get people who, um, are not afraid of the reality.
0: Yeah. Is that it? question it does and and one thing i love about that too is i meet people occasionally or I, or they connect with me online and they're like i i really want to you know like if if you live down the street from me i would drop off meals i would help you out with your kids like this is so cool but how do i find foster parents near me and so i give them tangible ways to find those people um and and i understand that it's similar to the conversation around just building a more diverse community, a lot of people are like, crap, but everyone that lives around me is white or looks like me and has the same background as me. How do I branch out? And so I I, I have all the grace in the world when I get that type of question because I feel like I was once there and it took moving out of the place where I grew up into a big city like Chicago to really start um, moving that forward. But needless to say, I love that you guys are doing the matching and my, you already said it, not you hope, but a different hope is our foster neighbor and she lives in Ohio and it's a virtual relationship. It's, we haven't met in person at this point, but I hope years from now we do get to meet in person and that would be so cool. Abby, I think you were going to add something to this.
2: Yeah, I what I, I was just going to go back to a couple uh, sin, uh paragraphs before when we were talking about the reunified and what we say a lot of times or um in, in our internal team is we want to be able to provide friendship to somebody who might not have anybody in their life who isn't paid to be there. And that to us is that to me is just so heartbreaking that, um, some families, the only support that they have are people that are being paid to be in their lives. Um, we want to flip that script and we really believe, I really believe that everybody is worth friendship and everybody is worth support. Um, And so I think that that's kind of a drive to what we do. Um, and I kind of going back to your, uh, last point about, you know, so many people do want to support. So many people do want to get involved. They don't know where to start. And I, um, unlike you guys, I'm the classic, not a foster parent. I, uh, my husband and I have intentions to become foster parents, but for, um, some reasons that too long to get into here, we can't at this point in time. And so, um, you know, before, honestly, truly before I met hope, I legitimately had no idea beyond, you know, we did some respite care for friends. Um, but I wanted to be able to, uh, kind of be involved in a, in a, in a way that had more longevity and that got me out of, what you guys, you know, we're talking about your social circle. And, and I think that a lot of us can relate that we want to get outside of our social circle. We want to, um, you know, do more than contribute to conversations on social media, but we just don't know how or where yeah. to look. And, um, this is just such a simple way to say, you know, we can't fix everything in these families' lives, but we can fix yeah. them dinner and they're fun. Yeah. And it takes the saviorism out of it too, because, you know, it's easy to be like, oh, well, I do volunteer at X, Y, Z. And that's not bad. And, you know, it's important and healthy to recognize maybe where our minds naturally go. But this is just such a simple, humble, you know, in the background type thing um, that has that ripple effect.
0: Yeah. I love that. Abby, would you elaborate a little bit on that program that we've been kind of starting to talk about already? You know, one of the biggest parts of your guys' work at Families Together is the neighbor program. So what does that look like for a foster family? And what does that look like for someone who's not fostering, who wants to potentially be a neighbor, but they don't even know what a neighbor is yet?
2: Of course. So um, kind of to just break it down so that it can be super, super clear. Our neighbors are committing to the family that we match them with through monthly meals. And we ask for, um, you know, three to four letters or texts or emails a month of support and encouragement. And what we say is that neighbor, um, you know, hope kind of mentioned that's the launching point to our friendship. So we all need to start somewhere when we are interacting with somebody that we don't know. And that's kind of a way to help build that friendship. Um, and so if you, you know, if a neighbor, you want to get involved, you know, you go through our application process and then we find a family for you. Um, if you're in Colorado down the street um, that we can connect you with. And then if you're a foster family, uh, we welcome all families. We essentially say, if you are a family who needs support and wants to apply for support, then you're, we're not going to turn you down. (laughs) If you're going to ask for it, we're going to give it to you. Um, And so it's kind of the same process where we have this application process and we go through, um, it's really short. It's, application process is probably even the wrong term because, you know, it's just like a a few questions that we take and look at the areas of support that you're needing um, and get you connected. So we do all of that in person in Colorado. And one of the things that we keep bumping up into, which you kind of mentioned, um, Amanda being matched in Chicago is that people all over want to get involved. People all over want, need the support and communities need this support. Um, and, and so that's kind of where we launched our, um, do it yourself program, which is essentially, uh, local advocates or leaders or agencies who recognize that need and want that grassroots approach, um, And and and, you know, they take their community, their social capital, their passion, and we take our resources, our tools um, and what we found after a lot of trial and error, frankly, over the last couple of years and kind of come together and work together. So to empower other people to start other communities so that it doesn't just, you know stay in yeah, place. I, I
0: love that it's evolved even since I've been involved. I don't remember exactly when I was matched with Hope, but it feels like it's been a while now. So um, my family, we've had the benefit, the luxury, the privilege, however you want to put it, of having our neighbor in our life and in our boys' lives. And she's sent meals. She's sent gift cards. She's just texted me to check in and asked how she could be praying for us. And um, And it doesn't, I have to say for foster parents listening, because we have so much going on and so many people communicating with us at all times. This has never once felt like, another relationship I have to maintain or like a burden or an obligation. It's truly been a huge gift to our family. And when my boys get a package in the mail from uh, our neighbor, Hope, like they light up, they're so excited. Um, and mo- most recently it was Taco Bell gift cards for the kids. Cause she asked me what their favorite like fast food place. Cause she knows we take them out for fast food on Fridays. And they were just like, beside themselves. And and again, they've never met her. So it's also cool just to see these kids that I love and have poured into for almost two years now, get to be loved on by people that don't even know them, um, like directly. It's just really, really cool. But... Oh, go ahead. And,
2: it, and it's generational too. Like, I mean, you think about, you know, we think about these like really horrific events that have been happening all, you know, throughout our lifetime, but especially in the last year. And we think, oh my gosh, like what, like, what can I do? What, how can I help? And, and, and if you think about like the, your example, or, you know, some of these other examples of families of, you know, you love children by loving their caretakers and you support children by supporting their caretakers. And sometimes, you know, there's different variations of that, but the ripple effect of like what Hope is doing for your family and what your boys are seeing with that unconditional support and that you and Eric are also able to kind of be able to support in a greater capacity because of that. You know, the hope is that like that, that happens generation to, to great, great, great grandchildren. Um, and it's as simple as a talkable gift card.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And so I love that it's evolved from, I mean, you guys are continuing this neighbors program, but now you have the do it yourself, the DIY program that you've recently launched so that people can help kickstart this in their own local communities. Because I think if I'm understanding correctly, the ideal picture would be that the neighbor would wouldn't have to be virtual and that it could be, you know, someone matched down the street from me or within the context of Chicagoland. Hope, do you want to speak to that a little bit more?
1: In Colorado, when I was probably the first year I was doing matches, I had a family apply who literally lived four doors down from a neighbor who was waiting on our list. Wow. So to me, the bottom line is it is not right that there's somebody who needs help and there's somebody who wants help and they're just waiting to be introduced. Like that's why we're here. Yep. Um, and yes, you're right. So as Abby said, the, we had done some virtual matches. We still do some of those, um, especially for those who are thinking about bringing this to their area. But what we really want is these people to be in your neighborhood because that's where the magic happens. That's where, um, oh, I happen to know this community resource or I happen to know this friend who would love to do this thing for you or who's great at tutoring in Spanish and that's exactly what your kid needs. Um, that's what we love to see. And so we we just want to empower people to do what we've done, but quicker because we took, you know, a couple of years to really figure out what does a good match look like? What is the process? We have got a pretty extensive, we, we keep it so short for the families, but we got a pretty expe- extensive um training process for the, the volunteers that's written out of the perspective of a foster parent, of a biological parent, of a kinship grandma who say, um, if you want to come into my house and sip, not during COVID obviously, but mm-hmm. in, in general, like come into my life, come into my family's relationships, you know, don't be asking me, Hey, which ones are yours? Which ones are biological? Um, Don't be looking for details on getting all the juicy details on the kids' lives. We want volunteers who are not there for sort of the voyeurism or the saviorism. We want them who are there for, for... truly supporting the home, not just to make themselves feel good. Um, so we have an extensive training process. We've got a matching system that it it's not completely automated because this is a very human process. Um, but we what we're offering is to train and resource you as a, a DIY host, wherever you live in the country, to um, have our materials plug and play and you get to run with it and make it your own. But we're just there as kind of the consultants and the energy because it it is So joyful, but it is also very draining to be looking for the right match for everybody all the time. And so we want to say, hey, don't give up. You know, we will find the right match for this family and, and really empowering and training those local advocates to take it and make it a staple in their community.
0: Yeah. I I love that the the DIY program is something that has evolved even more. I'm so excited to see what else evolves in the next coming years from uh, families together, because it just seems like you guys are, you know, continuing to just, Find you know greater needs and figure out like models that work, and then like you said, creating sort of this plug and play thing. And so I know I've already committed to you guys, but for my listeners listening, I am starting the DIY program and bringing it here to Chicago. So I'm going to be rallying. I'm actually in the process of working with a bunch of local foster parents um, to start building this program in our community here, so that hopefully, if you're listening and you are in this Chicagoland area, um, you can be part of it, whether you're a foster parent or someone looking to serve. We're so excited
1: to have you. And honestly, it's fun. It's even fun because those magical connections and relationships even happen with things like this, where we had uh, just an intro webinar about what um, who wants to come in and help do the DIY program. Someone else who lives not too far from you came.
0: Yes. I love
2: that. It's been so great. Yeah. I was just going to also just break it down a little bit further. So it's a little bit clearer too, for people who might be interested in saying like, I love what you're doing. I want to bring my community needs this. Um, how can I kind of, uh, you know, charge people up? Um, and so kind of just to make it like it's to break it down a little bit more. It's essentially working with us for eight months where we give, you know, all of our tools and our resources and our, and our, like Hope said, like our, our knowledge of all of this, the messiness that it took to put together um, where we say, you know, you have the passion, you have the connections in your own agency. We don't. You have the expertise in that area. Um, let, here, let's give you all of our tools that we use to match people, all of our tools that we use to recruit um Everything from, you know, you mentioned the training to the application process to um, keeping the matches going um, and how can we basically work together um, to do that together um, so that you don't have to get bogged down by, oh my gosh, well, I need insurance or, oh my gosh, well, I need, you know, a
0: website and nobody has time for that type stuff. Right. And As I I love it, and as we wrap up here, our time, I want to just say thank you guys for creating this. Thank you for um, specifically, you hope for using all the good and the bad, the messy, the ugly, the beautiful, all of it in your life to um, further God's kingdom here on earth, to build longer tables and communities all around. We are going to have their website, um, dates, and details and things that we didn't get to get into the weeds um, about within our conversation, but that are relevant if this is something you're particularly interested in taking part in, um, on any end of the spectrum. And we're going to link their Instagram handle so you can follow them and just, yeah, make sure that it's easy for you to get involved. Basically, we want to make it so that if there's, uh, any part of you that wants to be involved, like there's an opportunity that you cannot miss. So we're going to do that. Um, Hope and Abby, any final words from either of you? Thank you so much.
1: Well, I just want people to remember as they're, just to go back to something Abby said, as they're, uh, we're all feeling the pressure of trying to make this world a better place, trying to do justice and love mercy and, um, really love our neighbor. Um, when it's hard, I just want you to remember that we cannot fix everything, but we can fix dinner and we can, um, love and stay because we don't believe anybody should be left alone in something hard and isolating. Um, So thank you so much, Amanda, for just being uh, a voice of that.
0: Yeah, that's so powerful. I love it. I appreciate you guys and the work you're doing. So excited to see more and more people discover families together and get involved. So we are going to link all of that. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening and for taking steps in your own day-to-day life and local community to build a longer table.
2: Thanks, Amanda. Thank you. That was so fun.